Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Your line is muted. Only the host can unmute your line. Raise your hand using star 2 so the host knows when you want to speak. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to God's Spirit Ministries and our Bible study and fellowship here on YouTube and TalkShoe. We appreciate the ones that will listen to this program. We have um, some faithful downloaders. Not all that many that I can tell. I checked it this week. Not all that many, but it's there's a rough there's a rough um, estimate of about ten that are absolutely that seem like they're faithful, and that's good. I wish I knew exactly who they all were, but I don't. And but as best as I can tell on YouTube, I don't know about on Facebook. I don't know if it's the same as it is on Facebook when it gives you the count as it is on YouTube. I don't have a clue, but don't pay any attention to that because it's it's probably wrong anyway. So much else wrong being manipulated by this world. But it's, it's good to have you here tonight. And um, all the regular stalwart people that are here right now are the, are the solid rock of this ministry. And I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. I can say that every program and mean it every program, just like the first time I ever said it. I really do appreciate your faithfulness. And that's the first thing a steward should be found in the steward to be found faithful. And I appreciate it. It uh, makes my day, makes my week. It helps me in my prayer life. It helps me in all kinds of ways that you can't even fathom unless you were in my shoes. And I hope that um, what's taught here can help you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Brother Dave, if you we're going um, to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 tonight. Yes. It, yes. It, in some areas, it's a controversial chapter. In some areas, and in, in some areas, it's not. Um, as we will find as we get into it. Very seldom is it taught properly. Uh, I spent three quarters of the day today doing theological research on some topics, and which did not overturn any of my conclusions that I'd already taught. But they just quit. Te- I found out it had been. Um, people quit teaching the truth on 1 Corinthians 7 back about the turn of the century, of the 18th, 18th into the 19th century. But anyway, it's neither here nor there. We'll talk about it when we get to it. Brother Dave, if you would open us in a word of prayer. Yes. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come this evening and we lift up the Lord Jesus Christ, the preeminent King of Kings. And Lord Jesus, we pray tonight that you unveil to us your word in 1 Corinthians 7, that you anoint Pastor Don to teach the word of God just the way that you desire it to be taught. I pray that I would be able to read the scriptures just the way you want them read. And I pray tonight that all the people would be able to hear just the way you want them to hear and that they would be able to have their hearts changed and that the word would be written on their heart. And it would be written on their mind 
in other words, in their memory, they'd have recall of these scriptures supernaturally. Lord, I pray you bring remembrance to them as is, as is required in their daily life or whatever positions they find themselves in. That these matters, Lord, don't control us, but that your word and our love for you controls and our desire to serve you controls us and not the desires of the flesh. And these matters we talking about tonight are certainly fleshly matters, Lord, uh, where we need to control our flesh by your word. And I pray tonight that we would all get revelation and desire and ability to overcome these things by the Holy Spirit indwelling in us because yes. of the new birth. And for these things, Lord, I'm truly grateful for all the prayers for Cami, Lord. I pray yes. for her that that unspoken request is met lord we we've all lifted up many prayers and sometimes i don't want to even mention names because i was praying about something a long time ago and those people might be embarrassed that we're continuing to talk about it but lord i just i just pray for all those people and their needs lord that you know what's required in their life for that answer to be met or maybe it's already been answered but we don't know uh, can you show us can you show them or can you tell us that it's coming the answer's coming or father in the name of jesus i just pray that there be peace in our hearts uh, and that we know you've heard us and we have those prayers that we've asked and for these things i'm truly grateful in jesus name so be it amen Amen, amen. And any of you self-righteous downloaders out there that may hear Brother David kind of laugh when he's praying, there's nothing wrong with that at all. The Lord laughs. If you knew the Bible, you would know that. It's not none of this, oh, heavenly Father, thou kingdom, and all this all this put on fake stuff. Talking to the Lord's like talking you talking to me on the telephone. If you don't understand that by now, except with the reverence it's a personal relationship okay and we as it says in hebrews we go boldly to the throne of grace to ask the lord for, for grace to help in time of need we go boldly all right as born as as members of the body of christ god looks at us like his son we are in christ jesus we are many jesus christ acts Actually, if you want to boil it down, we're a bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. Amen. All right. So when you hear stuff like that, you say, well, they, my goodness, what is this? It's not like I heard it at the, the first Episcopalian church when the rector was praying. No, it sure ain't, and it never will be. Not as long as not as long as I'm teaching and preaching here. And the moment it starts getting that way, that person starts, it will be gone. Because it ain't Christianity. That's not true biblical Christianity. It's a personal relationship, period. Okay? So just wanted to stick that in there because I have heard comments in the past about some of the way we, the, the openness and liberty that we use here on this program. And the fact, the fact remains the same. If Christ will make you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen, Brother Dave. Uh, absolutely amen amen and the, liberty, know, the, have, the liberty we have in christ jesus is not yes. to be abused but it's to be used for his honor and his glory 
because Man. we have a liberty that no no one else has. Just like a, a husband's wife has a liberty with him, with her husband, that she doesn't have with somebody else's husband. See, you look at this thing pragmatically, but spiritually, and that's the way it is. But the first, the first re prerequisite to any of this stuff is knowing the book and knowing the limitations. Even our liberty is tempered not to be brought under the power of any and that things are expedient that we do not to do things that are that are not that are out of the way that that harms another brother or sister even our liberty has got it's got its certain limits to it but we are free in christ jesus so the topic of this whole chapter tonight it has one context and it's married, the, the context is concerning marriage, divorce, separation, and remarriage. And in everywhere we come across a divorce, which is the word least, brother, go ahead and pull up your strong concordance here in okay. uh, 1 Corinthians 7 and read to them the definition of loose. It is it's a divorce, is what it is, in case you have some, uh, you haven't took the time to find out yourself. When it says, Go ahead, brother. Uh, what did you say of loose? Loose, the word loose. Art thou loose oh. from a wife? Okay. That's divorce. That word loose is divorce. That's mm. what it means. Okay. Now we'll get that out of the way right at the beginning of the program. We're also going to, while he's looking that up, we're also going to find out that contrary to popular and worldwide belief, well, basically worldwide, it's not in the Middle Eastern countries under Sharia law, which is uh, nothing but a bastardized version of the Mosaic law. And you're going to find out that God has a double standard between men and women. And it ain't got nothing to do with being a macho male. It's got to do with the word of God. We're going to see that women do not have the same rights under God's law of liberty as we have as men. And I'll be very careful to point that out as we go through this. Some of you have never heard this before. Well, that's because you've never been taught it word for word, literally like it says and what it means. It means what it says and says what it means. And, and, and the Holy Spirit doesn't leave anything out. You're also going to see the honesty of the Apostle Paul. You're going to see that when he's speaking as a commandment from the Lord, he tells you. When he's giving his opinion, he tells you. None of the other apostles did that. Only the Apostle Paul. Keep that stuff in mind as we go through this chapter because it's, it's a fantastic chapter. Brother Dave, you can go ahead and read him the definition of the word loose. Start thou loose from a wife, or so and so and so and so. Just read the the word loose in the Greek. I used to know it by heart, but okay. Okay, First Corinthians seven twenty seven. Uh, loosed. It means uh, a loosening, 
A divorce? Bingo. You lose. Bingo. It's a divorce, just like I told you. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's what the word means. So you keep that in mind when Paul talks about this loosening. And another thing I want to bring up before we get into the chapter, if there's any plumbers out there, people that's done any plumbing work, um, back when we used to fit real pipe together instead of using glue and plastic and CPVC and stuff like that. Well, even, even now with PVC, you have a male and a female piece, correct? Am I right? Yes. What happens when you put the female piece with the male? What's that called in, 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 in um, workman's jargon? In uh, engineering terms, of, well, older engineering terms, it would be married. Bingo. Thank you. No different in the word of God. It's the same thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. And, you, and Pastor Don, when you take another part that doesn't belong with that part, but you modify it to make it fit together, guess yep. what it's called? Bastard. That's Bastardized. right. I'm glad you brought that point out. That was the next thing I was fixing to say. Oh, I'm glad, okay. you, glad you brought it out, brother, because that was the next thing that could come out of my mouth. <laughs> no. If it doesn't belong, it's called bastardizing. Okay? Mm -hmm. Yes. Period. So, like I said, those are things to look for. Paul's honesty, the uh, double standard that's set between a man, between a husband and wife, when the man and the woman, when it comes to this matter of marriage, divorce, separation, and remarriage, you're only going to find it in the epistles. You're not going to find it. Um, when Peter makes his comments, he don't go into the details in First Peter chapter 3. He just goes into the do's and what's the do's and don'ts, dwelling with them according to knowledge and the blah, blah, blah. And you're going to find out here about the liberty you have when it comes to in case you marry, you become you become a Christian and you're married to a non-Christian. What to do about it is written in this chapter. Or what to do. You can either do something or do nothing. Either way, you're not under bondage. Christ doesn't hold you accountable either way. You do it, as we're fixing to find out. I'm not going to tell you that the First Baptist Church or the Assemblies of God or none of that, because they think marriage is a piece of paper. See, that's what it all boils down to, is, is understanding that marriage is not a certificate. Marriage is flesh joining flesh. That, that's the consummation of union, is flesh joining flesh. And when though they're unjoined, that's a loosen, that's a divorce. When one separates with the, with the, with the motive of staying away, that constitutes a divorce. And the Lord himself talked about this, and he talked about the hypocrisy of the Pharisees when it came to divorce. And we're even going to go read that um, the Lord said there was one, there was two reasons for divorce. Fornication was one, and, the, and death was the other. At least um, when you don't have a wife, she's dead. And remarriage, we're going to find out here in the epistles, where there's a, where there's a loosing, there's always a room for remarriage except for the woman. Whoa, whoa, what are you talking about, Brother Don? I'm telling you what the book says. Deal with it the best way you can. Okay? Period. 
We'll go back and read, just go to Deuteronomy 24, Brother Dave, read the first four verses and see what it was under the law about this business. Where a man could just put away a woman cause her ears, cause she had bad breath or something. <laughs> I, I'm not joking, folks. That's Deuteronomy. how it was to get rid of, of your wife in the, uh, under the law. Okay. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, brother. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse one. When a man hath taken a wife and married her, and it come to pass that she find no favor in his eyes, because he hath found some uncleanness in her, then let him write her a bill of divorcement and give it in her hand and send her out of his house. And when she is departed out of his house, she may go and be another man's wife. Shall it continue? No, absolutely. Okay. And if the latter husband hate her and write her a bill of divorcement and giveth it in her hand and sendeth her out of his house, or if the latter husband die, which took her to be his wife, her former husband, which sent her away, may not take her again to be his wife. Did y'all hear what he just said? That woman cannot go back and marry her first husband under no circumstances. Death. The boy, it doesn't matter. She's not permitted to go back and take her first husband. You know why? Because she's joined her body to another man. Right. Therefore, she's forbid, forbid to go back and take her original husband. You think anybody pays any attention to this stuff today? Now, that's under the Mosaic law. All right? Man, there was, there, there was just as much divorcing going on then, probably, as there is now. I just don't talk about it a lot. I don't know if it, there's, there was as much, but there was a lot. There was a lot. But there's a double standard. When, when ahead, people brother. read things in the Old Testament that they don't like, they just say, oh, well, that was in the Old Testament. Of course. I hear it all the time. It doesn't apply to me because, oh, that's in the Old Testament. I guess the Ten Commandments don't apply either. No, they're just written in their heart. They don't apply. They've been applied. Yeah, it's in the Old Testament. <laughs> they've been applied. You don't apply them. They've been applied. <laughs> Absolutely. Praise the Lord. Without the knowledge of the law, there's no transgression. <laughs> right. And so it has to be. It's already applied in their heart. But anyway, First mm -hmm. Corinthians mm -hmm. chapter 1. Okay. Just wanted to throw that little nugget from the Old Testament out to you folks. Yeah, that was good. It was very easy. I wonder why it was that way. Yeah, it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Should and I continue that, now? That, 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 uncleanness, that uncleanness, you can go look it up if you want to. It, it's not, it, there's no specification. It can be anything. It can be bad breath. As far. He just don't like her. Yeah. And she gets tired of her. Anything. Right. She eats crackers in bed or something. Right. That's right. These crumbs, crumbs get in, in under the covers or something like stupid like that. Yeah. But that double standard, folks, doesn't it, it comes over into the New Testament, but not in the same way. Like I said, Christ gives two grounds for divorce, death and fornication. Well, we're going to find out after it's re-explained to Paul under the under the dispensation of grace, it's going to be a little different. 
because remember the new covenant has not been instituted till after the resurrection. Don't never forget that'll solve more doctrinal problems for you reading the Pauline epistles and reconciling them than anything else is realizing that a lot of the things Christ said was absolutely true for the period of time, three and a half years of his ministry. But just like he said, the things concerning me have an end. He said that in John. And you find out in Hebrews that the testament does not come in effect till after the death of the testate. And then it goes on talking about making a difference between the new covenant and the old covenant. But anyway, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. And all you lawyers out there can jump up and spin wheels all you want to. I just told you what the Bible said. Didn't I, Brother Dave? Yes. Absolutely. You've read the scriptures over and over again. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Now, concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Okay. Paul says good for a man not to touch a woman. Now, Paul, if a man don't touch a woman, how are we going to uh, have kids, you know? You can tell by this, for this time, Paul's saying some of this stuff, that Paul was expecting the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he doesn't, he doesn't vacate that line of thinking until the last book he writes, Second Timothy. He doesn't vacate that line of thinking. He's always looking for the imminent return of the Lord. And that would be the reason that he would say what he says right here. But he goes into explanation, which is perfectly understandable. There's no deep, no deep dark doctrinal thing that you have to pray about. He, he goes and explains it shortly. So continue reading, Brother Day. Verse 2. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication... Let every man have his own wife. And there Let again, there, there again, fornication, it can be one of two things. It's sexual or it can be race mixing. Either two, it's got more than one meaning. And you've got that bunch out there that tells you, I mean, I've talked to them on the telephone. Fornication is nothing but race mixing. Fornication is nothing but race mixing. Well, that's a ball-faced lie. That's a scriptural lie for anybody to say that. And that's the way they get followers, and that and that's the way they pull in people to listen to them more and jump on that bandwagon, and they're believing a lie. They're deceiving their own selves. They don't study. They don't rightly divide the word of truth. Therefore, they can be led along like sheep to the slaughter to follow a lie. Go ahead, brother. I'll try not to inter intervene. To no, this is uh, the purpose of you teaching us. Let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. In other words, let the husband render due benevolence. In other words, you, well, I'll let Paul explain. He'll explain in the next few verses. Go ahead. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Talking about sexual intercourse. 
That's what it's talking about. Continue reading, brother. Defrauding not one and one the other, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. Yes, absolutely right. Your incontinency. And that's talking about sexual intercourse again, that the woman should not hold that over a man. And it, it's talked about in jokes and everything else, but we're talking about it serious here. It should never, a wife should never withhold her body from her husband or a husband, the wife, except it be with consent for a time for prayer and fasting. Otherwise, the burning, the lust in the body, the need, the sexual needs are not met and it causes it causes lust in, in either party, which causes mental sin and can and can definitely lead to the outward act. That's simply understood. Right, Brother Dave, you understand that? Yes, That's it simple. is. Yes, it is. Verse six. Verse six. But I speak. Uh, yeah, incontinency is self-control, right? Right. Okay. But I speak this by permission and not of commandment okay now we're seeing that paul the holy spirit is allowing him to pen these words but it's not a straight commandment like i told you he's displaying his honesty in his writing right off the bat okay and when it comes due to a straight commandment from the lord what he was taught he's going to tell you that's the honesty of the apostle paul verse seven brother Yes, for I would that all men were even as I myself, but every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner and another after that. I say therefore to the unmarried and widows, it is good for them if they abide even as I. Do you see that but, he may say the unmarried and widows? What did he not say, Brother Day? Divorce. That's right. Continue on. But if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn. That ain't saying it, it's better to get married or you'll go to hell. That's talking about yes. the burning of the burning of lust and constancy. That's what he's talking yes. about in context. Verse ten. Absolutely. Verse ten. And unto the married I command ye not I, but the Lord, that yes. not the wife. That's fine. Let, the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband. There you go. And if this is a commandment from the Lord, he switched from a wrote by permission. Now he's telling you it's a command of the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband. Now, why doesn't it say, let not the husband or wife depart from one another? That's not what it says says let not the wife depart from her husband now watch verse 11. verse 11 but and if she depart let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband and let not the husband put away his wife stay there she can leave separation she can leave but she can't get married but the man can put her away. Putting away is divorce. I don't have to get Brother Dave 
to to look up into Strong's again, you should know that the Lord G. That's the word the Lord Jesus Christ used when he was talking about marriage. The putting away of a woman is is divorcing. That's what it is. But it says here, if the wife depart, got nothing to do with putting away. Let he let her remain unmarried. Or be reconciled to her own husband. That's a separation. And let not the husband divorce or put away his wife. That's a commandment from the Lord, according to verse 10. I have a question. Yeah. Would um, something like this be like uh, for a time of prayer and fasting as well that the wife or the husband depart? for a period agreed upon separate period of time where they pray and fast? No, it would be if the word put away wasn't there. Yeah, I know, but but the part, the preamble before that. But that, and was, that, was, depart, definitely, that was that was with consent for a while. Yes. That conclusion, we're going to separate our bodies from one another for, say, three or four weeks and fast and pray for a certain thing and then come back mm -hmm. together again. See what I mean? Right. Okay. Uh, actually, maybe they depart from each other in the sense of not living in the same house. Would that be? Now, I don't know about that. Okay. Let, wait just a minute. Let me look it over and see if I can get that. No, no. Because it's no. just let her remain unmarried. Yeah, it, does, it, right. it doesn't tell the man to remain unmarried. It tells her to remain unmarried. Yeah, that's true. Yep, that's okay. what everybody. That's what that's no, no teacher teaches you that. Mm -hmm. you, you, nobody will bring the points to your attention. Yeah, if you don't believe me, just go type into YouTube about divorce and remarriage and listen to all of them, spin it, and read over mm -hmm. the verse. That's what they do. Yeah. Yes. The double standard is clear. And especially when we get to the end of the chapter, it is so clear. It, you cannot, it cannot be denied. And you're going to see as we go through here, more and more, you're going to see how unscriptural everything's going that's going on in the assembly of God. And I speak in the spiritual assembly of the body of Christ as a whole today. Yes, because the way the world system has it set up, as long as they get a piece of paper, a woman go marry whoever she wants to. Right. That's not what the word of God says at all. No, it doesn't. Verse 11, brother. OK, but and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband and let not the husband put away his wife. But to the rest speak I, not the Lord. If any brother hath a wife that believeth not, and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. And the woman which hath an husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. Okay, there you have a case of two, of a believing husband, husband and a believing wife, Two saved individuals that are married 
to unsaved spouses. But there's they they and the unsaved is not causing any spiritual trouble in the house. And as a matter of fact, the husband or the wife that's saved has been a testimony to the unsaved, as you said, Paul's going to mention that just in a few seconds. And if and Paul says, if you'd be pleased to dwell with them, then don't don't put them or don't leave, don't put them away. Don't leave them. That's what he said. I didn't say it, he did it. He said it. So all this stuff about, well, I'm married, looking for a way out and calling it scriptural by saying, well, they don't believe. It says, be not unequally up together with unbelievers. Um, you know, blah, blah, blah. You see what Paul just said about it? Yes. Okay, verse 14. Verse 14. Let's, let's see why he said what he said. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. All right, they're you. sanctified, they're set apart. The, the, the unbelieving wife or the unbelieving husband is set apart by the condition of salvation of the born-again child of God, and that setting apart gives the, the Lord an opportunity to work on the unbelieving wife or the husband by the testimony of the saved, and by the Spirit of God, by the, by being set apart. This, that's what sanctification means, is set apart. That allows yes. it to take place. So that has to be taken into consideration when you're coming to a decision that Paul's going to mention in the next verse, if the decision's made to leave them. If they don't please them, if they're, if they're a hell raiser, if they're a drug addict, if they're a drunkard, or if they're messing around, causing trouble with the children, or there's all you can you can dump all kind of stuff under the category. But Paul gives the way out and shows you what has what takes place. Verse fifteen. Uh, we we missed part of uh, fourteen oh, where it said. Hard person read over again, brother. Okay, for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. And the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now okay. are they holy. You know what they're called? Do you know what those, if, if, if you don't take this approach, an unsaved person that's married to a saved person with children, it's just like Brother Dave was talking about fitting in a part that didn't belong, they're bastards. If you want to get technical about it. Else were their children unclean, see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if if they get divorced, then they would be, right? That's right. Yes. That's right. Verse 15. Okay. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God hath called us to peace. If the unbelieving, if you do what you're supposed to do, eventually, if that person's so wicked, they will leave. God don't want you doing nothing. That He wants you to continue on your path and showing mercy and grace and love to the woman and to the children. But if the unbelieving depart, let them depart, that immediately takes you out of the bondage of the marriage. That's what it says. Doesn't it, Brother Dave? 
Yes, it does. Okay. I know you've never, folks, you've never heard this before. That's because nobody's telling you the truth. Okay? Verse 16. For what knowest thou, o, o wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband? See there? They have told you. They have told you that's why the Lord is wanting you to, since they're sanct that sanctification process of setting them apart is for the Lord to be able to work on them. Know you not whether thou shalt save thy husband or wife, see, where you can get where they can be under the conviction and trust Christ and be believing and be part of the body. It's that's plain and simple, isn't it, Brother Dave? Yes, it is. Continue on. Or how knowest thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife? But as God hath distributed to every man, as the Lord hath called everyone, let him walk. And so ordain I in all the churches. Is any man called being circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Okay, now what, it, what Paul, the reason Paul's using this as an example is because not everybody can do what he just got through saying. Not everybody has the gift to put up with a with a female dog wife. Or not every woman has the the gift to be able to put up with a drunkard husband. Okay? As much as life within you live peaceably with all men. Some people just can't handle it. But that still is not a, a, a excuse to run and jump just because you want out of something. That is not a reason. That this is per, the permissive will of God versus the direct will of God. So keep that in mind any, if anybody is in that situation or finds themselves in this situation. I, my opinion would be, as I've given in counsel many times, as long as they're not doing harm to the word of God and the cause of Christ, do your dead level best to put up with what's going on. As long as they're not doing harm to the word of God and to the cause of Christ, then I'm not even going to get into the abusing the kids. I'm, that, that's, that's, I'm setting that aside. That, that should be common sense. But as long as they're not doing harm to the cause of Christ, to the gospel, the word of God to the gospel, then just stay with them. Because like, like the, the Holy Spirit just put down there, who knows? Maybe the Lord will deal with them. Maybe they're going that all things work together for good to them that love God. Maybe it's just it wasn't their time. And but maybe their time's coming and you will be the instrument of their salvation. That's what it means by whether thou shalt save thy husband or save thy wife. Verse 18. Yeah, this um, about being circumcised here. Is any man called being circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. And is any called in uncircumcision? Let him not be circumcised. That There actually was a practice because the, the way circumcision it was performed in my generation and the next generation, I, I don't know what they're doing right now. And it's not as pro prevalent as it was in my generation it was going on for some reason among christians a lot especially catholics just about well, every there catholic no, there was no choice during my during yeah. my generation there you was you were circumcised at birth that was just the way it was yeah 
Yeah, that's what what was going on. But the 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 now I've studied this a lot, and I had some friend who allowed me the privilege to go on to this website where they this was studied, and there was a lot of pictures of this stuff. And the form of circumcision that was done in my generation is called pariah circumcision, where the total foreskin is removed and there's no possibility of regrowing uh, 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 or stretching out your foreskin but exactly what they were the doing was, that's exactly the way it was with me yeah now these what was going on here i believe in the old testament they just cut off the end part of the foreskin and now the jews who were living among the greeks and among the Romans, like they would partake in gymnastic events and so forth, often, almost virtually all the time, they were naked. Mm, and so right. they would be embarrassed because they were circumcised. What they did was actually had, and I'd seen it done, not like with my own eyes, but I mean the pictures in the films, of being stretched out the foreskin by weights. Sure. And it, yeah, and this is what they were doing because they didn't want people to know that they were Jews or had a Jewish background. They That's wanted right. to fit in. Paul, Paul's talking to a bunch of Greeks here in Corinth. Yeah. And the way it's done nowadays is circumcision. It mutilates boys. Just total, you wouldn't believe the stuff that I see in the mutilation because it's totally removed the foreskin and that's not the way it was done in the Old Testament that it all was cut off like that. It was only part at the end is what I believe. And that's why this was an issue here. He's saying, don't worry about trying to stretch this out and do all this and, you know, not be uncircumcised or circumcised again. It's, you know, a waste right. of time. Absolutely. And if you tried to apply that to today's age, they'd have to graft on skin. Right. Exactly. Good point, brother. Next verse. Because there are a lot of people who just laugh that off, but and I can understand why. Verse 19. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing, but the keeping of the commandments of God. Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. Art thou called being a servant? Care not for it. But if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. Okay. Paul said, art thou called being a doulos? In other words, is it part of, is what, what's going on in your life? Are you called being a slave? That's what the word servant means, doulos. It's a slave. Mm -hmm. yes. Are you called being a slave, a servant? Don't worry about it. That's what care means here. Care not. That means that's like being full of care. Don't worry about it. Okay? But use it rather to serve the Lord. Continue reading, brother. For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's free man. Likewise also, he that is called, being free, is Christ's servant. That's right. It's called, is Christ's slave. Yes. You're not going to get around it, folks, no matter how much you try to. All you King James haters out there. Well, they sweetened it up a little bit for you by putting servant here, okay? But 99.9% of you, you're not Christ's slave anyway. You're not God's slave anyway. You, know, you, you want to do what you want to do when you want to do it, 
And if it rocks your boat, do you want to put the weights out to steady the boat? Now, just be honest. We all have the problem in the flesh, folks. Nobody's happy on the rack. The flesh likes to be pampered. Paul even says that. About whether the way a man thinks about his flesh and his body. But we're called to go contrary to that. We're peculiar people, us Christians. Before the house of Judah and the house of Israel, they were peculiar in their way. Well, we're peculiar. We're supposed to be peculiar in our way. And the about the only peculiarity you can find in real Bible-believing Christians today is they go to a different denomination. They have no concept of the peculiarity of hating it, but the peculiar peculiarity peculiarity of hating this world and going against the world system and the things in it. That's how you're not supposed to be of this world. You're supposed to live in it. Paul's going to cover that at the end of the chapter when he makes a little prophecy. But live it, you're supposed, you've got to live in this world. You've got to make a living in this world just like he did as a tent maker. But you don't suck up to the world and use it for your own pleasure and whereby you're sucked into all the mannerisms and fashions of this world as Paul's going to tell you later on in this chapter. Because the fashions of this world passeth away. It may be all about Nike shoes today, but 10 years from now be about Reeboks. I'm just using that as a loose illustration. You can tie, you can, you can use all different kinds of illustrations. And it also applies to marriage as well. The idea of marriage, the things concerning marriage as well. I told you the other night, there was no marriage license till the 1800s. The first one was issued in Chicago, Illinois. Don't believe me, go check it out. And it was issued to a black man and a white woman in Chicago. Check it out. I got that fact, by the way, from a black woman. <laughs> What irony. Continue on, brother. Okay. Verse 23. Ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. There you go. Brethren. Be not, be every, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, whether you're a slave or a free man, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. That's what he means here. Be not the servant of men. Be, don't be a slave of men. Don't be a slave of Bill Gates. Don't be a slave of Silicon Valley. Don't be a slave of ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, and the public broadcasting system of the BBC. You can't serve God in mammon, though Christians try so hard to justify and reconcile themselves to where they're able to serve both. God knows your heart, folks. What you spend, where the, where 
The majority of your heart lies dictates who your master is. It's just that simple. And you can deceive yourself with till you become a deceiving machine. And it ain't going to make a bit of difference at the judgment seat of Christ. Because that book's going to judge you, going to judge your works. And it goes all the way to the joints and marrow, to the discerning of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And you can't get no deeper than that. Had a brother just a scene happen not long ago. By his very actions, you could just tell how covetous and where the heart lies because of his actions and out of their own mouth. I mean, and I feel so sorry that somebody puts so much emphasis on material gain and material wealth. When it's all gonna burn up the fire, and it was given, it's not even actually theirs, it was given to them by the Lord. And they try to hoard it and then make every excuse in the world. Uh, anyway, anyway, it's just, it was sad. It was a sad situation, and it broke my heart to see it. But anyway, continue on, brother. Okay. Verse 24 Brethren, let every man wherein he is called therein abide with god now concerning virgins i have no okay. commandment here we go now concerning virgins now don't you jump in there and think that he's talking about men and women he's going to clarify who he's talking about in in the very passage you have to take your time, listen to what he's talking about, and he'll tell you out of his own mouth. The virgins here are women. He's not talking about a man virgin. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a spoiler alert. He even says it. I mean, it comes out right out of his mouth. And this is where people get tongue-tied and screwed up in the scriptures. Because they don't pay attention to what's being said. They think they do, but they don't. I'm not saying this out of mouth. I'm saying it out of love. You have to slow down. You have to pay attention to the words. You have to pay attention to the context. But that's what this whole context has been about. So far, it's been about, he's, he used the illustration or the metaphorical example of circumcision staying within your own calling it's all got it's all having to do with marriage staying with your wife when they leave when they don't when they're divorced when they're not divorced when they're separated when they're not separated who can get married who can't it's all about marriage and divorce separation and remarriage the whole chapter is about that there's no changing of context Verse 25, brother. Okay. Now, concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord. Yet I give my judgment as one that hath obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. I suppose, therefore, that this is a good for the present distress, I say, that it is good for a man so to be. Art thou bound unto a wife? 
Seek not to be loosed. Okay. Let, let, let me interpret. <laughs> not really, just clarify. Art thou married to a woman? Don't seek a divorce. Give you the Spirit's version, which is, the, I'm just clarifying what he's saying. I suppose, therefore, that this is good for the present distress. See, he started off by saying it's good not to touch a woman. But to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. And every woman have her own husband. He is not, he's against polygamy. So all you polygamists out there that happen to run across this, the dog won't hunt. Don't try to run back and say, well, David had more than one of my, but that ain't the way it is in the new covenant. To be a teacher and preacher of the word of God, you're supposed to have one wife, not two. Yes. Okay. And a lot of people's got five or six. And then somebody that don't even treat like the real wife. They think that the marriage is a piece of paper. There's pastors all over this country and all across the world that has a piece of paper that said they've been true to this, that they've married this one woman and they've never got a divorce. Therefore, they qualify for this and qualify for that. And they've shacked up and they've snuck around and they've, they've got, they've joined their body to other women, uh, harlots tall girls and everything, and they got wives strung across the whole, across the United States here in America. And nobody, everybody thinks they've, oh, what a true blue. They've been married to this one woman, hallelujah, praise God. And they got wives that they've married scattered everywhere. And that's the fallacy of thinking that marriage is a piece of paper and a ceremony when there is no ceremony and no piece of paper to be found from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. Marriage is flesh joining flesh. Divorce is flesh leaving flesh. Period. That is what the Bible says. That is not my opinion. That's the opinion of the First Baptist Church, the Catholic Church, the Methodist Church, the, uh, the, the Presbyterian Church, the Assemblies of God. That's the, that's the position of every Protestant and Catholic mainstream denomination that there is, that the certificate and the ceremony is the marriage. And I bet you never stop to think about that. And some that's going to download this is going to blow their mind and they're going to turn this off and they're going to say he's full of you know what. No, when you say that, you've just tried to make a liar out of God. Yeah, that's being a slave to the state, to Big Brother. Amen. 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 And inviting Big Brother into your marriage and letting Big Absolutely. Brother tell you who to marry. And Amen. then three people in the marriage, big brother, you and your your wife. Amen. Amen. It's being Don't a slave to men instead of a slave to God. Amen. Like Paul warns you about right up above you. 
Yes. And like I mentioned the other night, I realized that the laws of in Romans 13, you don't know it any better than I do, okay? Obey the powers that be for they're ordained of God, you know. I know Romans 13 just as well as you do, if not better. Okay? But like I said, if it contrary, if it contradicts the word of God, you have a choice. You're going to serve God or mammon. You're going to, you teachers that listen to this, you preachers that listen to this, are you going to teach the truth? Or are you going to teach the world's version of the truth? Which one are you going to do? Which one are you going to hell to be accountable to the judgment seat of Christ? If you're even a Christian. And then you'll be held accountable for the great white church throne judgment. Either way, you're going to be held accountable for it. Then, then the, the down, you get down to the nitty, 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 gritty of the whole matter. Do you even believe the book? Do you really believe it's God's word? Do you believe the spirit of God dictated these words? See, it all comes, folks, it all comes back to believing this book. No matter which direction you go, you either believe it and try to obey it or you don't. And all the other stuff is fluff. It's that simple. And you want to make it complicated so you can find a crack to weasel out of. That's what you do. Whether it's consciously or knowing. Verse 26, brother. I suppose, therefore, that this is good for the present distress. I say that it is good for a man so to be. Art thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Art thou loosed from a wife? Seek not a wife. But, and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin oh, oh, marry... Just, wait, wait, wait just a minute now. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm going to go back over this slowly myself. Okay. Are thou bound unto a wife? Well, let me go back up just a little bit. Let me go back one more verse. I suppose that, therefore, that this is good for the present distress. I mean, his first admonition was good not to touch a woman, right, Dave? Yes. Well, now he's saying he's, he got through talking about what he got through talking about, about if you got a wife, how to, how to not stay apart too long in the sexual part of it. But he, he says, now, I suppose it's good for the present distress. I say that is good for a man so to be. So to be what, Paul? Married. He gave his opinion to start with. Told you he gave a speaking by permission, not by commandment. Now he tells you it is good for a man so to be. Be what, Paul? Art thou bound? After I'm married. Art thou bound unto a wife? Art thou married to a woman? You don't seek to be loose. You don't seek the loosing, the divorce. Don't seek a divorce. But if thou art divorced, that's what the word means, loose. David read it. Art thou divorced from a woman? Art thou loosed from a wife? Seek not a wife. Don't seek, don't seek another woman. 
because you can spend your time serving the Lord. See, that's that's the that's the equation everybody leaves out of their life is the time spent serving the Lord. That's the equation not factored into the 24 hours a day, seven days a week part of your life. That's why Paul says the single man has more time to serve the Lord and attend to, to spiritual things better, study the book more, dig deeper, pray more, talk to people more about the Lord, help out the poor more, all kind of stuff. Because he ain't worrying about how he's got to please somebody else. He's going to explain that in just a minute. Just like I just got through telling you right there, but I got a little ahead of myself. Seek not to seek not a wife, but and if thou marry, you've been divorced, and you just can't stand it because you're burning in lust. And if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. Semicolon. Who hath not sinned? the man that was married. And if a virgin sin, if a virgin married, that's the woman, she hath not sinned. Well, who didn't know that? Double standard. The man's been married. Now it says, and if a virgin married, she hath not sinned. And 99.999% of commentators will tell you that it's talking about virgin men. When it says plainly, she. Now, unless he's a transvestite, he's talking about women, isn't it, Brother Dave? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I have a Protestant denomination and Catholic denomination. I don't care which one you go to, he's going to tell you he's talking about the men too. When it plainly makes a difference. Period. Semicolon. And if a virgin Mary, she hath not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh. But I spare you. That's the liberty. We have in Christ, you men, you Christian men. Let's stick that off the side that I said Christian men. I'll show you why a little later. It said if a virgin married, didn't say a woman that had been married, if she marries, she's not sinned. That's not what it said, does it, Brother Dave? Do you see that anywhere in the in the context? Do you see that anywhere? No, if she leaves, she's supposed to remain unmarried. Absolutely. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah, you already know where it's at. I know. No, we read that. There is no, there is no remarriage to the woman talked about. Period. In a divorce situation. I didn't say death, widowhood. I said in a divorce situation. How do I know it's a divorce situation? Because it says loose right up here. That's a divorce. Period. Continue on, brother, from where I left. Yeah, and, 
you know, on the the last words it says, "But I spare you." Yeah, it, it's interesting how so many people, and I think even in churches that you know, like we were talking about Catholic churches, mainline Presbyterian, whatever, they people when they preach this, people get the direct concept or idea. Their skin's crawling. This is all about, you know, self-control. I'm not going to have any fun. This is God taking away all your fun and making your life miserable. And you're supposed to discipline yourself and be in total misery. Well, I'm not saying you shouldn't discipline yourself. You certainly should be. But this is all about you being spared. This is all about you having a good life. This is all about you having peace. This is all about your soul being intact and not destroyed by the ravages of sin and doing things wrong this is about how to live life and you know be successful and have your self intact at the end it's the liberty you have in christ jesus of being free. yeah and it's and not about that you know uh sorrow and stuff it, it, it's a you know like it's people think it's just about sorrow this the thing about it is, brother, everybody that if you go to mainstream tonight, I've watched it in churches all over this country. And yes. the ones that have been married and divorced and remarried are looked at as second class. Yes. They're yes. looked down on by the leadership. Mm -hmm. Yes. And 99% of the time, the man that's been divorced and married again will be 10 times more spiritual than the one preaching. Right. I've seen it over and over and over and over again. And all it is is the word of God making a fool out of the stuffed shirts behind the pulpit that's got one marriage certificate and has committed another mm -hmm. in their heart about 15,000 times on a minimum. Yes. Yes. And I'm not counting the ones off on uh, the revival service, the call girl services and stuff like that. But yes, they just got one certificate and they have never got a divorce. And they've been true. That, that's supposed to make them being true to their wife. It's the biggest farce. This, uh, folks, this country is full of this hypocrisy. It's full of it, especially when it comes to this. Now, this day and time, as I'm fixing to mention, as we go further, and the world, for the fashion of this world and the system we live in today, you young men out there, like Brother Chance, and you try, you try to find a virgin girl to marry, all I can tell you is good luck. They paint our young girls up to look like whores. Then they pass a law about stalking and criminal abuse when they walk with a with their shorts up to the cracks of their legs and paint them up like Jezebel. And yes, they tell the man he can't stare, look, or it's abuse. It's all just absolutely ludicrous. If you're not advertising, if you're not if you're not selling, don't advertise. Yes. Period. If you're not selling, don't advertise. And you young girls that paint up like your your idolatrous idols in Hollywood, that paint up to look like you look, 
like you look 10 years older than you look, and then some man falls for it and then gets accused of being a pedophile. And gets accused of all, all kinds of stuff. Folks, you're not thinking properly of what actually is going on. Well, I hadn't done nothing like that. Well, who in the hell are you? Except a sinner saved by grace that's got problems in other areas that you don't want to let out. I'm just telling it like it is. So don't come at me. You ever hear somebody always want to tell jokes about sex and stuff? Yeah, I'll, I'll just go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. You hear somebody always making fun of sex, making sexual jokes and innuendos and stuff like that. 99.9% of the time, they got a wicked mental sex life. I said mental. They got problems with sex because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, you know who said that? God manifests in the flesh. And where yes. your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You know who said that? Not Paul. The Lord Jesus Christ, God manifest in the flesh. So don't come at me with judging. Don't come at me with you shouldn't judge me. I don't have to judge you. The word of God doesn't got your number. And you raise your kids, like I said, and let them look like a whore, and then get all mad when some teenage boy makes a pass at them whose hormones are running rampant. Well, he's supposed to have control. He is. Where does it say that? Where does it say that what you want, he's supposed to do? It's a natural thing. That's the reason Paul said what he did about burning in incontinence, burning in lust. Why don't the preachers talk like this on television? Why don't your pastor at the First Baptist Church talk like this to you from the pulpit? Verse 29, Brother Dave. Yes, verse 29. But this I say, brethren, the time is short. Here is the let me, let me tell you, this is the prophecy that nobody pays any attention to that Paul makes that's coming. But the time is short, brethren. And he was, he was right. Time is time. The time was short because he was expecting the Lord to come at any time. That's the reason he recommended that nobody get married but stay single. That's the reason he made that statement. He's expecting the imminent return of the Lord. He said, but the time is short, brethren, and what he comes and what he says next is, is just as applicable right now as it's ever been in history. As a matter of fact, more applicable. Read it, brother. You'll see what I'm saying. Y'all see. Yes, but this but this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they had none, and they that weep as though they wept not, and they that rejoice as though they rejoiced not, and they that buy as though they possessed not. Do you realize they, that what he's described modern day the system in the modern day? You see it, Brother Dave? 
Do you see what he's saying? How many of you think you own something you pay taxes on? Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. How many people got a credit card and paying pay an interest on it? How many's got a house that has to pay taxes on the house? You don't own nothing. Not anymore. How many of you people are slave to the Federal Reserve and the fake income tax? That's supposed to be voluntary. There never been a law passed. You had to pay it. But you bow down to your master and serve mammon more than you do Lord, the Lord. I know the Lord said render under Caesar, but Caesar never passed the law. There is no law. It's voluntary. And I ain't going to get off on the, we're talking about marriage and divorce and remarriage. I ain't going to get off on the topic of sovereign citizens and blah, blah, blah. It's just the absolute fact, constitutional fact, a fact that everybody knows has ever studied it. There's never been a law passed that you had to mandatorily pay a federal income tax on your income. There is no law. Therefore, you are not going against Caesar. And the laws that's passed about your state, you're in the state, you're in state income tax. The law's been passed for that, but never for a federal income tax on your wages. There is no law. So you're not going against Caesar if you don't pay. You say, well, they'll get you anyway. Yeah, they will. They catch you, they will, but you're not sinning. You're not going against God's word. Pick and choose your poison. Rather obey God than man. God's liable just to take care of you and get you through it all, and you never have to worry about it. Amen, amen, amen. I'll amen myself. The time will be when a wimpy man that had a wife will be as though he had none. That's just like today. The majority of women that they got in their minds and in their hearts, they've got fine, virile-looking young men on television. Just imagine what goes through their mind. Do you think they're holy men, mother of God, or something? Give me a break. And then they dress up to advertise their self as Celine Dion or some other whore. But yet they expect the man. I, I, it just burns me up. That's why God's got a good double standard. My God, praise God for the spiritual holy women that are out there. There's some out there too. I've known. Thank God for a Proverbs 31 wife. And woe unto the ones that are not. Because just like there's a double standard, as you're fixing to see shortly, there'll be a double standard in the risk-reward at the judgment seat of Christ. You can rest assured of that. How many men did you make commit mental adultery and adultery in the heart by the way you dressed? You're just as guilty as hell as they are for thinking what they thought. You enticed to sin because you, you've been commanded better. Peter tells you to do better. The word of God has the answers. And whether you like it or not, you hate my guts. I don't care. 
I'm going to tell you the truth, what the book says. And then you'll have no excuse. You can't say, I didn't know that. I didn't know the Bible said that. See, I, I, I grew up spiritually around the secondary separation people. The, the Howes and Falwellites and what, man, what a, um, oxymoron when I mentioned Jack Howes that was so bad about women wearing dresses down to their shoes and, and, you know, all having long hair, which is nothing wrong with. I think it's awesome, you know, and not too much makeup, but just look, and it was all off and then wound up getting caught with, a with his secretary. What, you see what I mean, folks? All flesh is grass. All flesh is grass. Somebody that can teach that and have such a fantastic Sunday school and reach so many people for Christ and was one of the greatest soul winners of our generation. But got finally got caught up with. Be sure your sin will find you out. And then everything collapsed. Couldn't control. Had zipper trouble, as one old preacher from Texas used to say. And you think you're something? <laughs> Your flesh ain't nothing but grass. And like the flower of grass, which appears for a while and vanishes away. And on top of that, it's dead. And it's buried with Christ, thank God. We're new creatures in Christ. Go ahead, brother. Verse 31. And they that use this world is not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passes away. Absolutely. Every passion, fashion of this world passes away. And using the world is not abusing it. It's just like I've said before, Paul being a tent maker. And have, I'm sure Paul sold his, his, his wares to whoever fit, laid out the money. He just didn't have a certain group of Christians he built tents for, or he wouldn't have been able to make a live, make a live. And you apply you, that that same thing applies today. Just because you work for a company and check or clock in at a company that is godless, then as long as you you keep your spiritual mind about you and you present the, the Christian testimony and you do you working as unto the Lord and not unto the heathens that own the place, spend their money. The devil's money spend just as good as God's money. Ain't the devil's money anyway, because God wouldn't have loaned it out. You understand what I'm saying, Brother Dave? Am I being clear? Yes, I think so. Anybody's got any questions, be sure and write them in the chat room. Stop me if I'm over your head and this is not simple enough for you to understand. Verse 32. Okay, verse 32. But I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married careth for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. There is difference also between a wife and a virgin. 
<laughs> Who didn't know that? I mean, 99.9% of all the denominations, they can't read it and understand it, Lord, <laughs> when it's right there in front of them. Yes, there is yes. a wide difference between a wife and a virgin. <laughs> I imagine so. Paul just gave you a good example a while ago. And now he's giving you the reasons why to stay unmarried. If you if you are got was married and got divorced, you contend to the things of the Lord more than the things of the world. Because if you're married, you worry about your wife having decent things to wear, taking care of your family. If you don't provide for your own house, you're the same as an infidel. Yes, I know where all the scriptures are, but it don't mean to be covetous in the in the act. See, covetousness enters into this. And covetousness is idolatry. It doesn't say they don't have to have the best of it. It doesn't say that, they have, that they're supposed to have the best of everything. It doesn't say that they've got to have a new dress every two or three weeks. It doesn't say that she's got to go down with the credit card and run up a bill that you have to slave your tail off to, to keep the interest paid down. That's not what it's saying. You have to apply the whole word of God. Not just pick and choose what you like. Continue, brother. There is a difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. Of course, but we know that that's, is, a that's a Christian woman he's talking about, self-evident. Right, Brother Dave? Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. But she that is married careth for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, and that ye may attend upon the Lord without distraction. But if any man think that he behaveth himself uncomely toward his virgin, if she pass the flower of her age and need so require, let him do what he will. He sinneth not, let them marry. Okay. Man, Brother Dave disagree a little bit on this, but I'll say what I got to say and he can say what he wants to say about it. I spent all, practically all day long, I researched both secular and, and theological terms concerning this passage right here. I studied the cultural difference in the Middle Ages and over in the Middle East compared to the Western culture, all the graphs, all the statistics, and the theologians all agree that I could find that I had time between answering the telephone. All agree that Paul's talking about puberty. That's exactly what they said. Every one of them come, went to 1 Corinthians 7, and that's what they said. And it's such a hot topic that the other versions won't even touch it. There's only two or three versions out of the ones listed in Strong's Concordance. Check me out. Don't believe what I'm saying. Go and check out the other versions. They don't even, there's not another verse in the whole Bible that compares with this. I checked that too. It only occurs one time with this meaning behind it in the Bible. You can look it up. Past the flower of her age is a complete topic. It's a complete subject. 
And it's only mentioned one time in the scriptures. And you can look in your strong concordance or young concordance or any concordance you want. That's only occurs one time. Because the Greek uses all the words past the flower of her age to come to the meaning. And without reservation, everywhere I found, both secular that used the Bible, the age of marriage, everything came down to one thing that Paul was talking about past puberty. And I rest my case. And I spent all day on it to make sure that I was taught right. And if, if anybody disagreed, that's fine. I don't have a problem. Disagree with me all you want to. I don't, I don't mind. I'm not going to get mad. But I put the work in. And, and I know it's, it absolutely is insane to think that this would be done today. Because it's insane, I agree 100% with you. But during the Middle Ages and different culture under the different circumstances, perfectly expected. Nothing out of ordinary about it. You couldn't find a 50, listen, my mother married when she was 16. I think Kevin's mother married when she was 15 or 16. I married my wife when she was 14. My grandparents married when my granddaddy was 17 and my grandmother was 14. It's all in, in, in these articles that I read, they all said the same thing. How the fashions, how the, the, the culture changed. And to, in today's culture, you would be a fool. There's no, unless there's a Christian family out there that the, the, the mother has taught that child everything that she needs to know as a wife, that would be the only exception I would lean to and say, yes, it's okay today. That'd be the only, the only, only exception. Because they're nothing but a bunch of little brainwashed whirlings that don't, that get, all they know is how to punch buttons on the iPhone and couldn't cook, couldn't sew anything with their hands, couldn't cook any meal with nothing. They don't, they haven't been taught. The mother's been taken out of the home. And usually it's a one-parent home. They've, they've been divorced three or four times. I mean, no way do I condone it today except in specific instances, and I've explained that. But there's nothing unscriptural about it. Nothing. And check it out yourself. Check it out yourself. Now see that blows some people's minds. Why? The world has got world makes everybody believe that anything, I mean, the laws have changed so much. I went through the laws in different nations today. There's graphs of different laws. Some has an 18-year-old law that they have to be 18 to get married. Some that 16. One's even 12. But you can guess where that's at. <laughs> South Africa. Down in Africa, okay? Amongst the, the porch monkeys. You can imagine that. Some 14. And it's changed over the years when there wasn't laws against it. 
This was the law. Puberty. Past puberty. And that's what Paul's talking about. The context is marriage. And virginity. And the virgins are women. Showed you that a while ago. Not men. So if all those people out there that get bent out of shape about anybody that talks about, I'm just telling you the truth. Like I said, I'm, and I am not for, like I said, I am not for this in any stretch of the imagination except under very minute circumstances which are so far hard to find, you probably couldn't find them with a finding machine these days. You 21-year-old men that's never... That, that are still virgin yourself, good luck in your high school finding a virgin wife that hadn't been to bed with two or three people during their partying days as a teenager. Good luck. Already you've done messed up because you've married somebody that's already been married. Women, you say it's the same thing. See, the man's supposed to leave the father and mother and be joined to his wife, and then two become one flesh. There ain't no 16-year-old boys out there except in special circumstances that can hold down a job and support a family. The world's got it set to where now that the peak is a college education. Them days of quitting, quitting high school in the ninth grade and going out and making a good living, well, that you can count their scarcest hands see today finding somebody that can do that. And they're just... They're, it's like finding gold. It's hard to find. So you have to understand the whole context of the matter to come to the to the conclusion of what's said here. But during the time period that Paul's writing, and before all the time period leading up to the present age, that's exactly what he meant. He used it as a metaphor to explain puberty. Now, if you can find me a list where it says different, where it's different, and you can take this out of context from marriage and virgins and try to put it in a context somewhere else where you then you messed up there, then I will change. But until you can do that, and everybody and every and I hate to say this, everybody, every other theologian's ever been approached with the problem. They won't even touch it, most of them. Most of them get off and say, well, that was then and this is now, which is true. And I agree 100%. But the fact remains, when this is the word of God, and under those specific circumstances, you haven't sinned against God at all. Period. Just because the world don't like it don't mean jack squat. I have to teach the truth, folks. I can't teach it to see what TV and the world has presented as their way of looking at things, okay? I just can't do it. Verse 37. 
But you're welcome to tell, you're welcome to add on to anything you want to, Brother Dave. Uh, no, I'm not going to present my what I believe it says. I, I didn't check out what theologians said. I actually never heard this uh, discussion before. I'd never yeah, heard from, that's from what anyone. Me. That's yeah. what shocked me. That's what shocked me. I, that you had never heard it before because it's spoken everywhere. Yeah, but down south. Yeah. If you're still there, Pat, you ain't done gone to sleep. Have you heard this argument before? Uh, he, he might not be able to talk, but anyway. Yeah, I just uh, briefly, just quickly, let's go on. But uh, the flower of a, her age, I'd never heard this term in reference to puberty or anything. I'd never heard anyone speak about it, preach about it. And virtually everything that Don says, I agree on, except for this one thing. And I only used scripture to make my case, but. Oh, by so, the way, there's not a that brother where what you said wouldn't you told me there there's not another verse in the Bible that is put together like this verse. Nowhere. It's the well, only there's the flower you know, of age. Flower all over the place. But this is a four-lettered sent put together. The Greek word is put <laughs> together with the flower of her age. It uses all the words to come to the conclusion. It doesn't use yeah. these flowers. Okay, yeah, I know, but what I you're drawing me, you're, draw, you're making me explain something now because you're saying it doesn't say it. Well, it says this the flower of their age, not the yes. flower of her age, because it's being applied to men in first Samuel two, verse thirty-three. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to go into let's move on. I you know, when I if I ever preach to people this in or teach this i would probably although i'll probably study it more i'd probably present it the way i see it but anyway i'm not here to preach tonight or teach we're here to listen to you pastor don so i think no i should move on okay nevertheless he that standeth steadfast in his heart having no necessity but hath power over his own will now I wonder so what he's got. I'm waiting. Wait just a second now. I wonder what the mm -hmm. power over his own will is, because of what it says in Second Samuel. Not at all. It's because of the power of sex, and when to have sex. That's the power of his will. So you well, have to look at the, the whole context. Yeah, but the flower of their age has nothing to do with your will. <laughs> but anyways, continue. Go ahead. N Okay, but hath power over his own will and hath so decreed in his heart that he will keep his virgin doeth well. So then he that giveth her in marriage doeth well, but he that giveth her not in marriage doeth better. The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth, but if her husband be dead, she is at liberty, liberty to be married to whom she will, only in the Lord. That's the double standard that you will never hear taught. Because if it was taught from the pulpits, the congregations would empty. The double standard is plain. Isn't it, Brother Dave? Yes, absolutely. Just as plain as day. 
And he, I, even Doc, Doc didn't teach it. Doc, Doc, even Doc said, go ahead and teach it, but you'll lose your congregation. Because you're going to find out the majority of your congregation, you got women been married one, two, three times in there. And the thing about it is, folks, if you really want to boil it down to the, what really matters, it's under, it's under the blood. It comes under grace and liberty. If you really want to boil it down to what, it, what really matters, the bottom line of the whole thing. Because the, the last time I checked, the blood of Jesus, God's son, cleanses us from what, Brother Dave? All unrighteousness. All sin. All sin. All means all. Amen. Verse 40, brother. But she is happier if she so abide after my judgment. And I think also that I have the spirit of God. Amen. Amen. Are there any questions in the chat? Uh, okay. Uh, no, no questions. Okay. If there's no questions, then folks, we will be in chapter eight, Lord willing, Friday night, and uh, Paul will get back to you, bringing it. He'll be bringing out the rod and start slapping people upside the head. Here throughout the rest of the book of First Corinthians, and we'll get into it detail by detail. Um. And like I said a while ago, there is absolutely no animosity because Brother Dave thinks something no. different about what I said. None whatsoever. Absolutely not. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Okay? Yes. Period. Absolutely. Yes. And none on my, my behalf either. I have no animosity about it. It's none not on. It's not a major, you know, it is to those people whom it concerns. But generally speaking, in the church, especially nowadays, it's not it's not a salvation issue or anything like that that's right the one what what, what gets me is it, it flies in the face of the tra traditions of man in this world it flies against the factions of this world it flies against the system of this world it flies it just it just pokes western civilization and kicks them in the teeth that's all, that's what it does but like I said before, the scarcity sense the the application of that is scarcity sense teeth. I mean, and like I said, you get search all over the country, and you maybe in spots you might find a few exceptions to the rule. But things were just different in the 18, 17, early 19th century, early 20th century than they are today. And most people look try to look through the scriptures in light of the way things are today. But all the way back for thousands of years in the culture, like I said, it, 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 it's there to go read. The charts are there to go read. Um, the, the theologians, the papers are there to go read. I mean, they're there. But anyway, don't matter. Well, we'll go ahead and shut her down for tonight. We went a little long tonight, which I figured we would in this chapter. Uh, if you don't mind, brother, dismiss us in a word of prayer, and we'll go ahead and shut her down. You ain't even got to okay. give Oh, by the way. Before we get off the air, let me say thank you, Brother Leonard. I appreciate it very much, brother. You know what I'm talking about. God bless you, and, and may God smile upon you, and I assure you that God is very pleased.
That's because what that's what the Bible says. The Lord loveth the cheerful giver. And thank you, Brother Leonard. I appreciate it very much. Amen. Yes, Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you thanks for this teaching tonight. We thank you, Lord, for clarifying many things to people. We thank you for exhorting your people. I, I thank you, Lord, that you're encouraging them to take new directions, to, to change ideas and opinions that have been engrafted in them by the world and by worldly teachings from pulpits that are politically correct and not correct according to the scriptures and lord i pray that if there be any out there who heard this teaching tonight and are distressed by it because they realize there's error in their life because of something that happened that's in opposition to first corinthians chapter 7. i pray lord that they would telephone pastor don i pray yes. father in the name of jesus that they would email him or telephone him at 334-397-2333. And yeah, you can give phone numbers in your prayer. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that they would get the consolation they need for their difficult situations, that there's forgiveness, that there's the blood of Jesus, that when people truly repent, repent they can be forgiven. That doesn't mean there isn't going to be some paying for their past mistakes some error those people that were they were married to still exist or maybe they are dead or there was children born there's still consequences that will be yes. there yes, they Lord. can be forgiven by the lord and have peace in their heart and in their mind and be resolved to change and and to walk according to the scripture and to do it that way and father i just pray that they would be given the courage to call even those out there who've never called a pastor especially one they'd never heard like live in person or talked to live in person father in the name of jesus i pray that you'd give them the courage to reach out to reach yes, out by email or preferably by phone to pastor don and i pray this in the name of jesus that they would gain healing in their soul in their heart in their mind over this issue and learn the truth and be set free from the condemnation of the devil that the devil yes. beaten them down because they made error now they can be set free in jesus name so be it amen 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 glory to god even so come lord jesus that's yes. going oh, to cure it all is when our king comes back this is going to solve all the problems that we ever had or thought we had and they're going to seem like a just a past memory. It wouldn't, I just can't wait. I'm so ready to see my Savior's face. Amen, Brother Dave. Amen. That's going to be awesome. But I also yeah. have a little bit of fear. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But even you in know. the end, that fear is going to go away. See? That, amen. amen. And like John's prayer was the final prayer of the Bible. Even come, so Lord Jesus, amen, amen. Good night, everybody. God bless. Good night. God smile upon you this week, and I hope your work week goes wonderful and God's blessings just pour on you from every direction. Good night, everyone. Good night.
I'm trying to stop the recording. It's <laughs> not working again. Yeah, we won a little, little while tonight, two hours and something. Oh. Two hours and 17 minutes. According to that ring. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.